from Vistio. This is CXQA Live. A show where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and transforming customer support into a streamlined strategic advantage for your business. Welcome to CXQA Live, the home of the agent-centric contact center philosophy. We talk about every week how agents with the right training tools and connection with your company are going to be a revenue growth and protection center for your business or brand. They're going to be the best diagnostic tool you could have for your business. They're going to ensure your customers are satisfied and connected. They're going to produce more and better work, and they're going to want to stick around and contribute to the long-term success of your company. Now, today, back on the show, we have with us co-founder of CX Accelerator, the man with the hats, Nate Brown. We're so glad to have you back with us, my friend. What's up, Rob? It sounds like I'm in the right place based on what all the amazing things you just said about agents and their unique capabilities. So I, I just love what you all are doing, Rob. It, it's been really fun watching you and the, and the Vistio team. I appreciate it. You mean, you, it's funny how things come around. You know, when I first set out to understand what matters in CX, you're one of the names that jumped off the virtual page for me. I got to learn from you early before we even knew each other. And so like many of the other guests that we've had on the show, now we get to collaborate together and that's a great gift to me. So appreciate you a lot, my friend. Well, Nate, we're bringing a conversation back today in many ways. Uh, You know, we had this conversation or a similar version of it back in October and uh, we're giving it a second go. And so we've titled this getting agents out of the box. Maybe you can sort of remind us what does this mean like to you? Define the, the basic idea of getting agents out of the box. Yeah, I know. You wrote a piece for the, the Vistio Knowledge Collective that would love for you to, to take a look at, to refresh on that. It's kind of a bit of a summary of Rob's and I uh, conversation there. But really, it's what, what was just being discussed of these are incredible people, these customer service workers with a unique set of gifts and talents and capabilities. But we put them in this little box and we make them ticket takers. And they're capable of so much. It's like, how do we start to unlock that as leaders and for themselves, just in terms of their own mentality towards their own work and and being able to really level up their capabilities and start to, as an example, personify the voice of the customer and what that looks like and and awaken that idea of being a really effective guide and guardian and what that looks like, you know, for for the agent. So we, we covered some good ground it's just so exciting to, 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 for me to see, you know, as, as we, as we level up these agents with the amazing tools that we have available to us now, we've taken a lot of the remedial out of the work and we've, we've got this really creative opportunity zone that's left for these agents to bring customers to this new place of success <laughs> and to usher them there. And, and we talked about Rob, how they're kind of like a mini marriage efficient in that way. You know, the agent more than anybody knows what the customer actually needs, not what they said, what what they said they need, like what the customer truly needs, can reach in and speak that language of the customer. And then they can take the information that's disparate across the business, connect the dot between what the customer truly needs and what the business can offer and and make this, this successful interaction happen. So it's like a mini marriage ceremony that takes place on every one of these customer interactions. And it's a very gifted individual who acts as that officiant. So we're excited to continue that conversation, Rob, 
thinking yeah. about how can we keep helping these agents and the leaders who lead them to break the box wide open. So good. I mean, that was a great primer, like two minute hmm. elevator pitch. What are we talking about? But like I said, we're bringing this conversation back for a couple of reasons. One is it probably can't get enough airtime. Like if we talked about this once a month, it would probably be like not quite getting enough at it because it's a constant thing, you know, and it's such a core value for the contact center, I think, to think of the agent as, you know, just this almost unending opportunity for growth in the business. Uh, but the second reason is you've been doing some further thinking about this and refining things a little bit more, right? And you've come up with, with with a way to talk about this that I think is really impactful. <laughs> He's been busy, folks. Um, I don't think anyone who knows you would expect any less from you, Nate. But at the same time, you know, I think that the way you'd like to press this conversation forward today is really intriguing and love for you to just kick us off down that path, my man. Yeah. So I've been thinking more and more about this idea of a challenger to challenger. So we, we have the box and we have an individual that's challenging the walls of that box and looking to kind of escape out of that in, in some degree. And yeah. at least when I was going through college, when we saw a theme or a word repeated in a body of literature, it means it was very important. And so I, I've been seeing that, Rob. You know, I'm a reader. There's a lot of great material out there in the CX world and beyond it. <laughs> and I love to take the great things that are out there from beyond the CX world. And, and it's like, how can we bring those in to this amazing work that we're doing here? Mm. And so I've been, been trying to, to challenge myself in that regard more and more and have found this, this idea, this theme, this word of challenger to be repeated in some really critical ways. So I'm going to quickly, could, I could spend a long time on this. I won't because I want to hear Rob and I want to you know, get to the point here, but I'll give you three examples where I've seen the word challenger. To, to, to bring my point home, the first is going all the way back to classic Matt Dixon, right? I mean, Matt Dixon, one of the authors of The Effortless Experience. So we, we see him write The Challenger Sale, which is absolute earth shattering in, in the sales world. But he followed that up with The Challenger Customer. And, and really what that, what that teaches us there is that a challenger is a teacher. <laughs> it's somebody who sees a problem. Who can, who can actually see the opportunity or the problem that the customer is facing and wants to put on that guide hat that, to bring them to a place. And they do that in a tailor-made way. This isn't some, some stock baseball cap off Amazon. This, this guide hat is tailor-made and, and it's earned. It's something where they, they know, they are knowledgeable as a guide. They, they can see the ecosystem that the customer is navigating through. They know the challenges. And, and they have a vision of the solution. And so they're bringing the customer towards that. And then they have that confidence and the skill to be able to take control. So those are the three stages of the, of the challenger sale, teach, tailor, and take control. And the challenger customer, Matt really levels on and, and says, wow, customers are looking to be guided in this way. <laughs> it, it's not just for the salesperson. You know, th this is something that we can embrace as customer experience professionals, and we're, we're trying to, to help educate and, and help our customers to navigate to an elevated place of success. So, it, you know, great opportunity there. Well, the other start place I start seeing it is in, is in radical candor, which I know you're a fan of, of Rob. Yes. Totally has changed my view of how we coach in the contact center. 
very much mm -hmm. challenging that status quo. And so Kim has this brilliant model of our ability to care personally so that we can challenge directly. <laughs> and it's it's earning that, like you have to earn that. So it's kind of taking the, the idea of the challenger sale and now it's layering on the fact that you don't just get to jump in and teach somebody. You, you first have to earn that opportunity. And how do you do that? You care about them as a, as a person. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're guiding them because you care about them and you want them to be successful. And there's that trust factor that's there because I want you to be successful. Not because it makes me successful, but truly because I want you to be successful. And then that, that last example is from the, the, the classic circle of psychological safety. So, I mean, Rob, we talked a lot about this on our episode one and how as soon as that circle of psychological safety is broken, this work kind of becomes irrelevant because as an agent, I can't think about the customer. I can't focus on strategically moving them forward because what am I worried about? I'm worried about self-preservation. I'm worried about a potential knife in the back. <laughs> Until the organization has embraced me inside of the circle of psychological safety, um, th th this is almost an irrelevant conversation. So as we look at the, the different levels of, of that wonderful model of the original circle of psychological safety by Timothy R. Clark, mm -hmm. it starts with inclusion. I'm, I am a part of a team, a team that I care about. Then it goes to learner. I'm, I'm able to start to learn through asking questions. I have that freedom to ask questions. And I'm not, I'm not just going through motions as a robot. Then we have contributor. So this is where I'm starting to take my own ideas and surface them. I have the courage to do that. And then finally, Rob, any guess what stage four is? Hmm. Challenger. <laughs> it is challenger. Of course it is. And, and, and so it's that idea of not only can we, can we learn and have the freedom to ask questions, not only can we start to surface our ideas, but we're doing that in a way where we're challenging our peers. We're challenging those in authority in the organization, not out of spite, not out of self-elevation. We're, we're challenging them because we care so much about what we're accomplishing together that I, I have a significant input into this. <laughs> yeah. and, and I know that we can do something better. It's like, holy cow, Rob. So, I mean, there, there's this synergy happening around this word of challenger. And I love that the cherry on top. As contact center leaders, we've talked so much about how do we restore the circle of psychological safety. What we're working towards is this idea of challenger. Absolutely. And, and so many contact center agents, you know, fall short of functioning as a challenger because those other aspects are not present. Whereas if they were, the value of that agent gets unlocked for everybody, including the agent. But how about for the business? you know, through the experience that the customer receives, you know, our first season of the show, we had one of the early episodes was Maslow's hierarchy of needs, yes. you know, where you talk about like, if I'm afraid I'm not going to have anywhere to sleep next week or have food, then I'm not going to be able to work on growing or improving anything. I'm just trying to survive. My right? CSAT score is not going to motivate me at, at that point. No, no. And if it does, it's only like how minimal can I survive on my CSAT score Rather yes. than what can I contribute to the actual journey that the customer is experiencing and how can I make our business better? Those questions are not on the radar when we're just trying to survive, right? So, I mean, what? I thank you, Deb. I love that comment. It's great to see you, Deb. Hey, Stacy. Thank you all for, for joining on. 
So, I mean, this starts with our onboarding folks. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we've, we brought a lot of heat to our education system lately. And, and the idea of we're not raising challengers in the education system, some would say. What we're raising is, is people to fulfill a process or a task. And that doesn't fit in today's world of what we need these folks to do. Contact center onboarding. <laughs> we, we need to generate challengers. Like, let's start with the end in mind. What we're trying to create, folks, are those who care about their peers. They care about the mission of the organization enough to actually hold one another accountable and challenge each other to, and usher them towards bigger and greater things. So think about where that really begins, Rob, bringing in the right people, right? Not just anybody can do that. They, you, you can't make somebody care about the brand core of your organization and the opportunities that they have to serve through your mission. So it starts there in my mind, Rob, we got to, we got to find people. We can educate them on great customer service. There's a whole debate on whether or not we can educate on empathy and we won't go there on this episode, but what we can't educate is that intrinsic motivation of, I care about the way we're serving our customers in our community. We got to bring that in. No, it's so true. I, and, and I think a lot of the approaches to both education and hiring that many businesses have inherited from the past just no yeah. longer fit. They no longer fit what the economy needs from the customer standpoint, and it no longer fits what the businesses need in order to grow into what the customer needs, right? And, and yet, many leaders are not thinking outside of the box, and that's why we're having this conversation. You know, human beings that are able to see bigger picture ideas, engage beyond the ability of just getting through another week of work, clock in, clock out. More and more as we gravitate away from the stalwart of manufacturing and and I'm going to move this widget from here to here being the basis of our economy, we've got to be able to think as a challenger does more broadly. And and I think this idea is really interesting in the contact center because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I get the sense that there are a lot of leaders who unfortunately see their agents much more like someone who just executes a process and not like a challenger. That's customer service in a nutshell. That's how most people view customer service workers. And it's such a shame. I love Stacy's comment. Money is not everything. There's a William Harding quote. Money is a weak glue. (laughs) You don't earn loyalty there, Rob. It doesn't work. You can motivate somebody to a particular action for a very compressed window of time using money. But if you want to have somebody serving customers well, that ain't coming from the dollar bill, folks. That, that you got to use to use drive language, you pay enough so that money is not a distraction. <laughs> They're making an, a livable wage. Now we focus on the things that matter. Moving somebody to that challenger zone through the learning mechanism, through the contributor mechanism, through the circle of psychological safety. That's not going to come from money. Uh, Deb's comment, it sure helps to enable somebody to feel safe and give them more of their your intellectual energy. Oh my goodness. I remember Annette Franz, uh, she introduced me to the Bob Clark model of truly human leadership. And that idea, he said, we, we were paying people for their hands. We never got their heart because we didn't even ask for it. We didn't even try. We were just paying for their hands. And how often do we do that with customer service workers? There's yeah. so much more. If we were to earn their mind and their heart, incredible things that they can do to innovate and push forward the customer experience as they represent and personify the voice of the customer. They they are equipped to be challengers because they know the customer better than anybody. 
The organization needs them to be challengers, but have we created an ecosystem where they can do that? Okay. So tough question for you here, Nate. Yes. Businesses make decisions based on numbers, right? <laughs> businesses, businesses build business cases sure, yeah. for change initiatives, for expenditures. How do we put all the metrics that the contact center is measuring together in an intelligent way to point to the need for this challenger mindset and the investments and the components that really will build that mindset within the contact center space? Yeah, that's a good it's a good wake up call there, Rob. Yes, we've talked about some lofty dreams and ideas. So how how do we anchor this in? First of all, it's just the right thing to do. Like it's not like it's costing us money necessarily to create this type of mentality in the organization. Like the, it's it's the cost of great leadership. <laughs> it's really what it is. So I, I would argue that. But yeah, so we're talking about time and energy. There's the, the efficiency scale we talked about at ICMI. I mean, especially in a contact center environment, you've got some organizations, they have the contact center in an efficiency box. Mm-hmm. We want to spend as little money as we have to on customer service yeah. versus the organization that views the contact center as an opportunity to interface strategically with customers. And every interaction is an opportunity to strategically partner with them and to unlock additional share of wallet and things like this. So we're trying to earn our way up the scale to where their organization views these interactions as an opportunity to further partnership. And when we can measure our impact of a great customer service interaction to things like renewal, retention, share of wallet, uh, NPS 3.0, <laughs> where we show the value of that that idea of ambassadorship. When we can create those correlators, good things happen. The other big example I would give you, Rob, is that when we do this, when we create challengers and we create a high-performing team where you've got challengers that care about one another, they are locked in and they are loyal. And if you look at the cost of attrition in the contact center, how much money it costs to go out and find new people and try to get them up through nesting to a place where they're generating value. And then those people are tapping out. If we can show and demonstrate an impact to loyalty and capability, like helping these folks who are not only staying in the company, but accomplishing so much more in their roles, well beyond the the box that we had them in and start to quantify the impact of that fully engaged person who's not only loyal, but is on fire to contribute in these big new ways, you're going to have a price tag impact. Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's somewhat ironic that in the customer experience sort of broader ideology, there there's often these disconnects to the operational realities where you know you can you can have these conversations and they're great, but what you just described is a way to see the operational realities through the lens of the customer. I remember the first time I read the concept of the experience economy, which a gentleman by the name of Joe Pine put out. And there's a great book by Joe Pine and James Gilmore. The idea that you know the most successful companies of the future, granted this was 1999 when that book came out, are going to be the Right. That they think they saw something coming. The idea is that the companies that provide the experience more than the service or the product are going to be the ones that win as wow. we begin to get away from this very linear 
sort of approach to economic transactionalism. And I think what we've what we've seen is that they were right for one thing, and then for another thing that the experience economy is multidimensional. Mm-hmm. So if we expect our agents, our employees, to provide a specific type of experience, and we see business value in that experience for our customers, then the experience that we provide that agent, that employee, is the other side of that economic ecosystem. And and you can't really have one without the other, but so many businesses don't think that way. And I think when we're talking about the challenger, what we're talking about is we're getting that agent in a place where they can be a cultivator of that multidimensional economic growth of experience improvement. And it's pretty, pretty big once you kind of think about it that way, right? Yes, thank you, Andrea. That is a, a perfect symbol of, uh, of, yeah, I love that, Rob. And my goodness, yeah. It, it still blows my mind that Joe Pine wrote that in 1999 and we are living the reality of it. You know, I love uh, Barry Drummond talking about, you know, those factors that make something worth worth it. Is this worth it to me as a consumer? You know, it's like, what are those variables that we can pull as a customer experience leader that guide somebody to that ultimate decision of, is it worth it for me to do business with this brand? And so much of that is going to come from our customer service interaction. It's going to flip the scales on us. Like if, if, if in that moment, that critical strategic moment, we demonstrate to that customer, hey, we care about you. We, we're, we're going to guide you someplace that you didn't even know you could get to because we're going to make you that successful. We're going to spend time and energy on you because we care about you. And this purpose that we're co-creating on together, whatever that brand core is for you, we're going to make this happen together. Then, yeah, it's a few organizations can do it. So, I mean, Rob, we've been talking a lot about individual challengers. Yeah. So are we ready to kind of move into a stage two of this conversation? Let's press forward, man. Okay. So I'm, I'm especially excited about this one because you all that, that know me know that this is work that has to be done in collaboration with others. And so, you know, the challenger sale is awesome, but a lot of salespeople are very individually minded. Mm-hmm. And that book was written in that, in that context of this is how you become a more effective lone wolf <laughs> to some degree. <laughs> That's not how the contact center operates. What we're trying to create are people that really care about each other and that are, are willing to support their peers across the contact center environment. So we're not looking for individual challengers. So I, I call stage two team challenger, which I think was a shuttle or something. <laughs> but but that, that's what we're trying to create here. And so I've been so hooked on the work of collective genius. And they have this term that they used in there, which I don't think they created. I think it might even come from from Einstein or or some chemist of the the past age, but the idea of combinational chemistry. Mm. So where we're actually bringing out these incredible gifts of these individual people, we're we're earning them as challengers, but we don't want rogue challengers walking around all over the place. We don't want challengers who are just challenging things all around them all the time kind of for themselves. We want people that are challenging the right things and challenging them together. And this was something that happened inside of a major enterprise organization I was working inside. The leader got so excited about Lean Sig Sigma and and like bringing a, a lean startup mentality into this major enterprise organization and the idea of just do it. So he like one day gets up in front of like hundreds of people. He's like, 
we, we want just do itters. We want you all to just go do it. You know, go find an idea, go make something happen. It's like, Rob, Rob, can you, can you like imagine the chaos that ensued? <laughs> just We're all going different directions, but we're doing it. Are, are we even, what are we doing? Like, what is it that we're even doing? Like so <laughs> having, having individual challengers is, is not the way. So there's, there's this stage two that we're talking about. It's, it's bringing collective genius together mm-hmm. and it's creating challengers who actually support one another mm-hmm. and, and who see a vision of something similar and they're able to elevate and support each other's ideas. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that can be hard. Like if we awaken just the challenger mentality, we're in danger. We're in, in danger of that rogue environment. So I'm, I'm going to read this quote to you from, from Collective Genius. Innovation usually emerges when diverse people collaborate to generate a wide-ranging portfolio of ideas, which they then refine and even evolve into new ideas through give and take and even heated debate. (laughs) How many organizations get to that point? So it's like, yeah, we've created challengers. We have this whole matrix of ideas. But I care enough about you, Rob, and I care enough about the actual mission of this organization to put my idea down and to elevate another's idea because that has a greater chance of us serving our customer even better. And not only am I going to peripherally support it, I'm going to jump in with both feet and I'm going to help make that idea a success. I, the I mean, maturity that, that, that requires. That, that's not typically what you experience in corporate no. life. Right. It's so hard to find an environment like that. I mean, you got to create so much trust and i need to stop holding this book up this is why my camera is so blue is because this book cover is so yellow so i <laughs> maybe if it, i hold up a blue one. oh, oh wow. now, now now it's purple this is all, what else can you what else can we try <laughs> all, all i have left is blue book covers uh, but that is hilarious how yellow radical candor is that it could literally trick my camera yeah but i mean that that's what we that's what we had the opportunity to earn here it's, it's a wonderful and beautiful thing where people are elevating one another's ideas in this team format. So often organizations try to discourage or minimize differences, but that only strifles the free flow of ideas and the rich discussion that innovation needs. I love <laughs> white, white balance day. Yes. Thank you, Jacob. I love how Stacy Sherman talks about this, like her view of an inclusive inclusivity into the CX mindset. This is what happens when we do this well. We get a wide range of ideas and perspectives, but not for the sake of having a wide range of of perspectives. And and we get to this point here where we can generate creative tension and and together have a better idea than any of us individually had. And and then that, that power of actually supporting one another in those ideas. I've had so many frustrating moments in my life, Rob. Where, where I had an idea that I was excited to give to the organization and, and I would have them look at me and say, yeah, I, I guess you can go do that. And I'm supposed to feel grateful that like I'm allowed to pursue my own idea. And, and I was always so deflated in those moments and I could never understand it because I was looking for something more, but I didn't know how to articulate it until this book. Th- mm. This is what I was hoping for. <laughs> that I could be part of a collective genius. But when you have a company that views innovation as something that just happens to individuals, 
and not something yeah. that happens to a team of people that they can cultivate together, you're, you're in a place that, that's lacking true innovation. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the value of the agent is never going to be unlocked if the agent can't put forward and contribute to ideas collectively with other agents, with the leaders of the organization in a dynamic where nobody's job is at risk for putting an idea out there, right? Yeah. Where, where it's, it's actually safe to say, I have this crazy idea or yeah. I thought of this the other day, or I've been experiencing this with our customer. Maybe we should do this. I've noticed this pattern with our customers with this particular call type. Why don't we address it this way? Or how could we address it? And then another agent speaks up and says, I've noticed that too. And I was thinking about this, but if it's not safe to have that initial sort of conversation or if there's no context hmm. or if it's too risky, if, yeah. if everybody knows that anybody with ideas gets, gets kind of scapegoated, if that idea doesn't turn out or, right. you know, shot down and embarrassed and shamed, Right. Like that's not an environment where everybody is going to grow and succeed and win, including the customer and therefore ultimately the business. Oh, I love how you say it, Rob. I mean, I've been doing with, with some of the folks I work with, I've been doing something, something called a VOC three. And th this could be a simple way as a contact center leader to just get this challenger mentality out there in, in a relevant way. So VOC three is just as a contact center worker, I'm looking to capture three things every day. What, what's, what's some way that we can serve our customers even better? Like, like, like you could call it a negative sentiment opportunity. What's something that we're doing an amazing job of? Like we together are really serving our customers in a special way right here. And we, we've earned this through the evolution that we've gone through together. And then what's a theme or trend that I'm seeing where we can just be a more effective guide for our customers. In other words, something I'm learning about our customers so that we can effectively navigate them through the journey. So capturing that VOC three on a daily basis, there's a restaurant in Southern California that Brad Cleveland told me about. Their entire voice of customer process is three by five note cards. Every day they walk around and they're learning about the guest experience every day. And they're jotting down the things that yesterday they talked about that they made changes on. How is that going? or just things that they see that are friction points are things that are going really well. That new drink, unbelievable. This new flow, this new server quadrant, this is, this is awesome. And together at the end of the day, they're getting together, they're sharing those note cards and they're celebrating the ways that they're serving their guests even better. Folks, that, that is so many things. That's the heart of voice of customer. That's how you awaken challengers in a team format. There's so many beautiful things that come from that three by five note card. So sometimes we, we cut out, like we over science fi this work a little bit and, and we eliminate our opportunities to just really connect and do some special things <laughs> that, that could happen literally on just a note card as an example, Rob. So true. I, and it, it doesn't have to be this complicated program with a full admin to support it. And all this kind of stuff, which is one of the ways that, you know, good ideas die in big, big companies and medium companies is it has to be this enormous initiative with this huge cost basis to it. Something as simple as just making sure that the conversations that need to happen are happening or passing out note cards and just taking that as a vehicle for the kind of communication that needs to happen to happen. You know, we, we're technically over time, Nate. I think you have a couple other core things no. you wanted to... 
to, to get at. So maybe you could kind of wind us down here yeah. with some ideas that you think kind of put this into maybe the next stage. And maybe you can yeah. tease us for part three because I, I think we're going to this is this is what happened last time, Rob. This is why I made you do a part two. Uh, so, so we had we had the idea of Challenger, but then putting Challenger into a team format. There was one more stage that I, w- I was working towards, and it's the idea of Servant Challenger. Mm. So it's it's this idea, kind of like in Collective Genius, where it, it's not you challenging for your own sake. It's not you just pushing the barrier. It's 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 relevant challengement. It's it's challenging because you care about those around you. And you care about the brand promise of the organization. In other words, you're serving each other and you're challenging one another towards even greater and better things in service to the organization and to your customers. So that's what we're trying to awaken. And and I'm going to write a a blog follow up to this, Rob, in, in terms of trying to get people in that servant challenger mindset. Um, so I'll be excited to to drop that. But thank you for these wonderful comments, everybody, and for for doing this. I mean, you, you all are doing this in your environments. And it just makes me so happy when I see leaders that get this, they see the talent that the customer service workers have, and, the, and they're working to unlock that and, and usher them and bring them into a place of freedom outside that box where they can really be themselves in service to the organization. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate all the engagement. Been a, a great session. Nate, thanks for being here. Again, it looks like we are definitely going to need that part three and I'm excited about that. I mean, this customer experience, agent experience, it's all part of the human experience. And being able to have these kind of conversations as fuel for us all, we're going to be able to continue with some dialogue. If you'd like to join us in the discussion room right after this, I'm going to try to end this now to honor everyone's time. And I, I'm just going to leave us with a cliffhanger that sometime in the new year, there will need to be a part three because you know we just can't talk about getting agents out of the box enough and and nate thanks for being here and leading us in this conversation about the uh challenger agent thank you rob thanks team vistio thank you all for joining see you in the in the chat see you in the chat to listen to a recording of this and other episodes visit vistio.io forward slash podcasts and to join our show live each week go to vistio.io forward slash CX live.